listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Folks. Talking about marriage. If it stinks, this is for you. This is for if you. If it doesn't stink, it's still for you. Still for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we did. One of the things that we get often, you know, people are, there's a lot of people that write in that are believing for their husband, believing for their wife, um, and far too many marriages are failing <laughs> of a supernatural broadcast. Far too many man- marriages are failing. You know, I, I was looking at this earlier um, the, in the year at the the percentages between the world, divorce rate in the world, divorce rate in the church. No, AJ Bible, <clears throat> absolutely not. He says we're going to have kids with a no. fishing hook saying fishers, fishers of, of men. men. No, it's not. We're not making those. No. <laughs> but um, it's true. And that, that's one of the things that, you know, the church is still struggling with. Is, is marriages that are broken, marriages that are hurting. I feel like my back's turned towards you during this I know. marriage broadcast. I know. Right? I was feeling so cut so. cut out, cut off. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, but in truth, and there are, I mean, here's the thing, is that nothing succeeds by accident. Right. Nothing succeeds by accident. In fact, if you're watching, we're going to pray before we start. But before we do anything, I want you to write that in the comments, every person that's watching today. Nothing succeeds by accident. Nothing succeeds by accident. There's no such thing as accidental success, especially in the kingdom of God. Everything's done by purpose, design, structure, without question. And so nothing succeeds by accident. And so that's why when we talk about the success of a marriage relationship, there are already things that are outlined, especially in the word of God, That'll bring you into supernatural success in your marriage relationship, which God instituted. And um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Nothing succeeds by accident. That's it. Pop that in the comments. Nothing succeeds by accident. There is no accidental success. Everything is purposeful. Everything is strategically done and it's planned. And God, that's why he gives us instruction on how we can move forward by faith with actions of faithfulness and obedience that will bring us into supernatural success. And so we're going to give you five things today. I'm sure there's many more you could talk about, but I know for a fact that these five things that we're going to discuss and talk about are keys to a supernatural marriage. We could even say a problem-free marriage, a hitch-free marriage, that it's not always on the rocks, that you're not always having issues with each other, always ready to throw things at each other. and, and, and all. It, it, it keeps you in a place of the protection of God in your relationship. And so we're gonna, that's what we're going to deal with today and talk about and then ca- kind of give you some examples. But I wanted you to write it in the comments at the beginning so we understand nothing succeeds by accident. You know, you see people that have a marriage say, man, they must be really, they're really lucky to have a marriage like that. You know, you've heard people say that. Man, they must, they're so lucky to have a marriage like that. They're so lucky to have a relationship like that. <clears throat> but it all takes work. Yeah, of course. Nobody is nobody succeeds by luck. Right? Nobody succeeds by accident. You can't look at a at a couple and say, "Man, they're so lucky to have that that type of a relationship. I wish I had that." That's it's it's not luck. It's never based on luck. 
there's actions and steps that Always. need to be taken the in, the entire relationship. It's like look, looking at somebody in shape and saying they're so lucky to have a body like that. It took work to get a body like that. Right. And that's and that's what it's always going to take dedication and faithfulness uh, to a principle. It always takes dedication and faithfulness to a principle that will bring you into overwhelming success in any area of life. And marriage is no different right. from any area of life. It takes that to be successful. And uh, so we want to pray to begin today. And, and listen, I'm believing God. Anybody that watches this, I'm asking God to supernaturally use this broadcast. Anybody that's watching this, that's struggling in their marriage, uh, people that are like on the brink of divorce, maybe people that have been separated, uh, that God will heal that relationship, bring you into supernatural unity, bring your family back together. You know, it blows my mind that people believe God can open the eyes of the blind, that God can raise the dead, but he can't heal a marriage. They categorize everything. Yeah, it, it's crazy. They 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 you know, they don't look at everything as the same. No. That's like when we talked about healing last week. They look at colds being overlooked because somebody over here has, you know, glaucoma or disease or cancer or something like that. And it's the same it's the same with our marriage. Absolutely. He doesn't look at things and categorize the way our human minds do. Right. Yeah, and that's that's what happens. People look at it and I don't know why they look at this and say, Oh, this this is harder. You know, it's like it's nothing's impossible with God. Yeah. Nothing's and he intended impossible. it to be a certain way. And all the instructions <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> are in the word of God yeah. on how to have a marriage the the biblical way, the godly way yeah. to have that supernatural marriage. And that's why we tagged it as ha to have a supernatural marriage because to truly have a successful marriage like this, it has to be supernatural. God has to be involved in your relationship. The Holy Spirit has to be involved in your relationship. That's why it's supernatural. And so uh, that's what we're going to believe for every person that's watching this live or on the replay or listening on the podcast, that God will bless your marriage, bless the relationship you have with your husband or wife, and if they're not saved, that they'll be saved and that there'll be strength in your marriage relationship. So let's pray. Father, I pray now, use this broadcast, use your word today as it goes forth to build faith, to heal what's hurt to restore what's broken in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to build strong homes and family units in the kingdom of God. We thank you that the children will grow up strong, grow up in faith, grow up with confidence knowing who they are in Christ in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, and we thank you that things are quickly turning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A supernatural marriage. So nothing succeeds by accident. Right. Nothing succeeds by accident. You know, and when I tell you that God can turn anything around, I mean he can turn anything around. There was a, 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 a my, my father and mother were holding a meeting one time. I told this story when I, when we were in New York a couple of weeks ago, uh, that there was a, uh, a, a, a woman who came in and uh, she was being escorted by a police officer, but it was because the woman went to the church where my dad was but the man that was the police officer who arrested her was also a member of that church. And so he brings her in to the service during revival for my dad to pray. And uh, she's covered in blood, covered in blood. And uh, found out later that uh, her husband, I believe, who, who beat her on a re relatively regular basis, uh, she had finally had enough of it. And she grabbed up a pair of scissors 
and stabbed him multiple times in the chest and the stomach, I believe. I mean, like, he's, he's rushed to the hospital. Police came, arrested her. She was on her way to jail. And they prayed. You know, she she prayed. I believe she accept, accepted the Lord right there in the service. And, uh, you know, covered in blood with the police officers taking her to, to prison. And uh, so they go back. And God supernaturally worked a miracle that when they got her husband to the uh, hospital and cut off his shirt where all the stab wounds and the, and the stabs were actually through his clothing. So there was the holes where the scissors went through. And when they cut his, his shirt off, they couldn't find any cuts or stab wounds on his body. God healed him literally on the way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He, he, didn't, he ended up not pressing charges. God healed and mended that whole relationship. When I tell you God can do anything, God can do anything. Yeah. You know, when God can bring you back from stabbing your husband eight times with a pair of scissors, God can do anything. So if you <laughs> thought your marriage was at the end, if you've not yet stabbed your husband eight times no, with a pair of scissors. No, don't go try it. No, I'm, I'm saying, then you're not too far gone. God can do <laughs> I didn't say go try it. You nut. You nut. Um, and please don't ever stab me nine times, she says. But uh, they're not too far gone. God will touch your family and heal your ministry, or heal your your marriage, and it will be a. I'm telling you, things will turn completely around. Don't ever lose hope in what God can do in your life. Yeah. Don't ever lose hope. Don't be somebody, you know, if you're watching and you're in your 50s or 60s, and be like, "There's too much past." Yeah. There's too much. There's. There's nothing that God can't heal in a moment, and that includes marriages, That's exactly not just right. healing in your body. So you can't get to the point where you throw your hands up in the air and it's like, it's time to give up. It's been too long. There's too much that's been said, right. done. You know, I'm not, I, I don't even want to try anymore. Right. You never give up yep. that fight to to get that, what God has for you, to get that godly marriage. You never give up on right. it. Right. Ever. Ever. God has God has a way out of every issue, a way out of every problem. And no matter what it is you're facing in your marriage, literally, we're telling you this, God will restore it. We're too quick in this generation to just say, I'm done. Like, too quick. Yeah. That's the culture. That is the culture. To I'm give done. up. Instant you know. gratification. Mm-hmm. So if it's not going their way or going, like, perfect in their mind, the way, you know, it's done. I'm done. This isn't for me. I'm walking away. And that's just that's just how marriages are going. I was just talking to a lady here at the church that I've known for since I was born. And her and her husband are getting ready to have, mar- I think, been married 68 years or something. She told me on this coming this wow. coming week. That's awesome. And she now works with the young ladies, that's especially ones that are on drugs and stuff like that. And she's helping them. And one of the things she said to me, you know, she said, you know, my husband and I have disagreed on all kinds of stuff. She said, but what I'm seeing with these young women today is, she said, people don't want to work things out anymore. No. She said, back in the day, we used to work everything out. Anything can be worked out. She said, I'm noticing today in this generation, nobody wants to work anything out anymore. Right. People just want to run for the hills. And that is a demonic culture to try to destroy relationships that God has put together. It's and the Bible says, what God has joined together, let no man pull asunder. Yep. And so there's always, there's always a way to get that restoration you're believing for. Always a way. But one of the things that holds people back is, is pride. Without question, pride keeps people from, like she said, working things out and getting to a place where there's peace and there's joy in a marriage because people have their own egos and people, people don't ever want to just lay their pride down 
and and make things right. Be the first person to apologize. Yeah, be the first person to say I'm sorry or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, he better come over here and apologize to me. Because that's it, what you know. I just did a um, a video with a YouTuber friend of mine, mm -hmm. and she had asked some marriage questions on there, and that was like one of the things that I was saying because she was like, "How do you think in uh, Christian marriage you avoid conflict?" Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of women, especially with this movement of the feminist movement and girl mm -hmm. power and I'm so strong and, you know, I don't have to listen to a man <laughs> and all this garbage that's out there, you know, they pull that into their marriage. Yep. And then, and I was telling her that you realize that you're not weak when you submit and listen to your husband. You actually have power. Yeah. You have power to change that situation. That's right. You have the power to set that tone in your home. Absolutely. You have the power to take it and make this like a week long argument and something that's going to just be pulled into your future and no one's going to be forgiven on it. Or you have the power. So it's not that you're weak. Mm -hmm. You actually have power to make that to me, that that feels empowering. Absolutely. That I have that ability to change the tone, to take this situation and make it different within my marriage and in my husband. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and that, that, that leads us really to number one. Yeah. And number one is the first thing that really brings you into a supernatural marriage is a marriage that is driven by selfless love. Yeah. A marriage that's driven by selfless love. I want you to put that in the comments section. Number one, a marriage that is driven by selfless love. That's so, so vitally important. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to have, I want to show you this if we'll, we'll turn there in the, in the word, but a marriage that is driven by selfless love. And I, I we throw that in there, the word selfless, because really that is what the word of God teaches that mm -hmm. we should have is, is selfless love. We're going to, we're going to read it to you in just a moment. But um, it's so very important gets that you, we say selfless. It gets you prepared for having kids too. Yeah. Because it preps you. I mean, you you learn when you get married and it's the two of you to put the other person first. Mm -hmm. How they feel, what is their needs. It, it preps you for that because then, you know, when you have kids, it, it gets even more selfless. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no question about it. This is why we say selfless love because this is a command in scripture about how to love in a marriage relationship. And it's found in the book of Ephesians chapter five. And I'm gonna start reading in uh, verse 22. The Bible says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and his, is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, uh, also wives should submit to every, in everything to their husbands. Look at verse 25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, gave himself up for her. So notice what the Bible's telling us, not just love your wives, husbands, but love your wives as Christ loved the church. Well, how did he do it? Bible says he gave himself up for her. Yeah. That's the picture of a selfless love that drives a supernatural marriage. Love your wife in such a way that you're willing to give yourself for her, which means that you put her interests above yours. You put her well-being even above yours. And so it's a selfless love. It's you putting the best interests of your family. There's so much selfishness that destroys marriages. Yeah. Selfishness destroys relationships. 
Selfishness destroys relationships. Good morning, Ted and Ashley. And it's important to understand husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, but it's important to understand this as well, is that just as, as wives represent the church and the husband represents Christ, we in the church as Christians are supposed to be doing everything we can to be like Christ. So especially when this leadership is right in the home and the husband is loving the wife as Christ loved the church, the wife should be doing everything she can to mirror what the leadership, the husband, is doing. So as the husband is loving unconditionally and selflessly, just as the church tries to be more like Jesus, the wife should mirror that same selfless love in the relationship of the marriage. And when both of those people are both showing a selfless love, a put the other first love, it is more a, a, a servant mentality yeah. of how can I serve you better? I'm not I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I will say this morning I woke up and went downstairs to make coffee. And when I got to the refrigerator, there was not enough heavy cream for both of us to have heavy cream in our coffee. <laughs> oh, welcome to my world, babe. But I know that my wife likes the heavy cream. And so I used half and half. <laughs> what a husband. I'm just reaping what I've sowed what many times. <laughs> <laughs> what a selfless love. Well, listen. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about heavy cream. I was going to say that obviously you don't, you know, when you're married, I'm required to honor and love him regardless if he's a jerk or not, but it's a heck of a lot easier. And it's the reason God wants us to be this way. If he's a certain way and loving and kind and is running the home well, Mm -hmm. it makes it easy for me to love you and be around you. It it's a joy, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you get excited and then it's like, then I want to do good things for you. Right. And then it just reciprocals back to me. Then you are excited and you're like, well, she's blessing me or she's this way that I want to be with her. And it's yeah. like this wonderful like cycle that and what keeps is that? continuing. All it really is, seed time and harvest. Exactly. Seed Everything. time and harvest. Everything is seed time and harvest. What am I doing? I'm sowing seeds of love and selflessness into her. Guess what's going to happen? I'm going to reap a harvest of selfless love back from her because seed time and harvest is not just uh, uh, in your finances. No. It's in every it's area in of your life. Every area of Everything your life. you sow, you reap. And so understand that. I'm getting a lot of support here in the comments section. Uh, Aaron Stern said, look at that. He said, I'm so selfless. Look at this. You're so selfless. Thank you. Man. Thank you very I much. True love. That's right. my Denise. list of good That's right. deeds. Oh, no. She's the best. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. How Thank you. Years? Oh, Andrew even gave me a medal. My um, God. Well, we're still married, and it will be 14. How many years were you married? I know she meant our happy I know. Bed, but That's funny. It's funny to answer people the way they ask Well, we're questions. separated now on the broadcast, but uh, we're on we're a break. We're going to work it out after we <laughs> teach on this. We're actually doing this broadcast to get back together. <laughs> we're on a break. Um yeah, we've been married 14 years coming up in because uh, in 2020 we got married in 06, so 2020 in April will be 14, 14. years, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. six of the best years of my life were in that 14. Um, so <laughs> the last six, yes, not it's the first. Six. No, it's been great. <laughs> um, but it's true. 
Well, See that? Look at Dave. Sacrificing your coffee years. mix-ins is the highest love you can have. David. Yeah, that's right, David. You make that your goal in marriage, and you'll see you'll see victory and success. Selfless love. So, what is that? The Bible commands. The Bible commands that for husbands to love your wife as Christ loved the church, and the wife should also reciprocate that. And that's you know what's crazy is how many times do we see that selfishness in marriage completely destroy. You know, we, we've seen this. And let me tell you some forms that it can take that really are, are crazy. It doesn't seem like this. This would be something that would de- destroy marriage. But one of the things we'll talk about is that when children come. Yeah. Selfishness. Well, I just want all my time with my children. I've seen good marriages mm-hmm. are fine until they have kids. Sure. And then they're on the brink of divorce. Because all of a sudden, and, and and I get it. Like newborns do take. Yeah. They they need you for survival. Right. You have to feed them. They're not changing their own diaper. They are literally helpless without you. I get it. But there is balance. And as you get out of that season. Right. So, you know, you have to do your best during that time of the newborn stage. Yeah, for sure. To give time to your husband, to... You know, it, it's drastic. You know, everyone always focuses on the women, mm-hmm. the change in their body, giving birth. But you have to think about it. I mean, from a male point, and that's you, not me, but from a male point, I used to, I, I would think, you know, it, it's a big deal just as much as me as it is for you. Because we come from a different, you come from that umbrella of the two of you, mm-hmm. Christ, husband, wife. Right. And then... My role changes a little bit Absolutely. as a wife. And then, you know, I've got to learn to balance you and the children. Mm-hmm. And the husband has to learn to realize that all the attention is not on them as well. But the seasons change for that. Yep. But remember, as the seasons change, you have to put your children below your husband. Yeah, they as will far never as come priority. before your husband, yeah. ever. Well, remember this. There's it people, won't work that way. There's I've people had... that don't do that, and then they spend you know, 18 years putting their children in front of their spouse, and then the kids get married and move out, and they've lost that relationship with their husband or wife, and then by the time the kids all move out, what you have is not a husband, you have a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> that, that whole chemistry's been lost. The whole relationship yeah. that you used to have, everything was put on pause for 18 years, close to two decades, because you put the kids first and everything. Exactly. And the kids are not supposed to be first. The kids are supposed to come after your husband or wife. They are your number one priority. It's God first in your life. Then it's your husband or wife who God gave you. Then your children. Doesn't mean you don't take care of your children. But you don't put them before your husband yeah. or wife. And like, you know, speaking to new moms that are watching that are young, you get into that uh, role of I'm the nurturer. And right. I get it. And But it almost can be controlling in a way if you don't learn to manage it yeah because you get into the well you know if you're nursing or anything like that and i can't go on a date i can't leave my children oh it's my first one i just can't leave them with anybody it's like it's your it's your mom that's their grandchild just go out on a date with your husband right so you get into that thing where it's like i can't leave them for two hours oh my gosh what are they doing i know they're sleeping they're sleeping they ate and they're sleeping or they're pooping and they're getting their diaper changed and they don't even know you're gone. See, there's a testimony right there. <laughs> Ashley said, I love this. I used to focus on the kids 100%. My husband got what was left and I shifted that and our marriage is better. Yeah. That's exactly right. I love Denise, I always... and, Denise and Glenn. 
our, our marriage survived three children because yes. we prioritized the marriage. Exactly. And, and I, I watched those guys together, and it's awesome to see uh, their they have dynamic. They a great relationship yeah. with their kids. And together. Yeah, I'm saying the whole family. I like family, to watch Denise and Glenn. They have been great. They're great husband and wife, but they also have now, as their kids have gotten older, mm-hmm. they have formed a relationship with them. Their kids never felt left out, right, or shoved to the side because and, their marriage was focused on. Yeah, yeah exactly right. And uh, you can feel the love in their family. You can yeah. feel the love in their relationships. That's how. That's you know. That's what it is. We just Carol and I. We don't. You know, we have kids that are young. You got you got Teddy that's three. Brooklyn's six. Maddie's going to be ten in, in January. But you know, there's there comes some of those nights and you can't find a babysitter. So we just throw like some cookies and stuff on the floor and lock the doors and go on a date. No, I'll do that. But you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna put it past ourselves. But no, it's it's true. You you, you have to take the time. You find a babysitter, yeah. you know, find somebody you can trust, somebody in your church, and and do it. I mean, go out and have it. If you don't do that, yeah, there'll be frustration, there'll be irritability. All, all those different things start to, to, to creep up. You know, mom never feels time for herself. Right. All she's doing is getting pulled on from every direction for all. And it's not, we're not saying that it's, it's, it's a burden to have kids. It's wonderful. Kids are a blessing. No question. The Bible teaches it. But there are times you need time to yourself. And husbands, let me just say this to you, that those of you that are watching. Help your wives out by not always making her plan these times. What? Take some time, set these things up. You schedule the babysitter. You book the dinner. You get something on the books and make it happen. And take the weight and load off her shoulders for a few hours. And take her out and make her feel, you know, just like your girlfriend again, like you did when you were dating. Why does that feeling leave so many marriages after they get into the grind of marriage, kids, work, career? And then it used to be, you know, and that, that, that can freak people out. Because, you know, when we're dating, you know, I'm all about you and I'm always like making you feel like super important and super special and all that, whatever, Uh, you know, notes, cards, calls, whatever. And then we get into the grind after marriage. And why do you think people feel left out? Because all that shifts, like all that was there and then then it's gone. Like, well, now we're married. Now we got to work. Now we got kids. Now we got a career. And uh, that stuff should never go away. Yeah. That stuff should never go away. And so it's it's important, and people that are not married yet should listen to some of these things. It'll help you. It will help you. You know, and we've we've had to even learn. Obviously, we had to learn throughout from the beginning till now. Yeah, there uh, was things that we had to change and work on, and you know, there may have been. That's a good point from Oscar. A little bit of yelling. I don't know if that's Oscar or if the, or, or <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure which one it is, but. Uh, situations that you truly don't have a babysitter for a season, but it is important to have a set bedtime and make the best of the night. You know, if you're going to put on a movie, you know, whatever, whatever you do, we've done that. We, we didn't t- always have a babysitter, right? And especially when we moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't let any just anyone around my kids, right? Or in my home, so you know, I'm extremely picky. So I get that. We're not just saying like find anyone babysitter.com and then have them come near. But house. you know, what we did definitely do too is that making like like they're saying, which is so important, is setting that bedtime and saying, listen, we do. You, you've said that often, like, no, because they're like, no, lay with us more, spend that, stay up with us. We do this started up. it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we travel all the time mm-hmm. and it's only gotten, you know, increased since 2010 mm-hmm. when Maddie was born. And so, but that's always the thing that I made different was when we came off the road, yeah. 
home life looked different than road life. Right. It wasn't, you get to stay up with us and we still all go, you know, when we're on the road mm -hmm. and you're in, you know, a hotel room, you guys are all going to bed together at the same time after a meeting. That's just mm -hmm. what it is. You get in that schedule. But when we're home, I've made a point to make that different within our household that the kids are going to bed at a certain time. Right. You know. And, and you've said to them many times, you know, no, this is this is mommy and daddy's time together. We're going to go yeah, hang out. We We're going to go spend them, time We together. love on them. We kiss them. I mean, listen, our kids have a bedtime routine. <laughs> yeah, they've always they've never. We've never. They have never gone to bed on their own. We've never said just go to bed. It is prayer, songs, books, stories, <laughs> laying with them, kissing on them. You know, my kids will keep me in there. Matt Brooklyn will say, Mom, I need 25 kisses. And then she'll count them. And then if I don't, that wasn't 25. And then after that, Brooklyn, but Maddie will be like, I need 50 kisses. Then when I'm done with Maddie, Brooklyn will say, well, I need 10 more. You know, so they'll do anything to keep me in. And yep. it always grabs your heart. But I always say, listen, this is my time with dad. I'm going to go hang out with dad or, you know, if he's doing bedtime. He says yeah. the same thing. I'm going to go And yeah. those few hours matter of downtime. Absolutely. We can talk. It's quiet. We're hanging out. We're watching anything. It makes a major difference in your relationship when you have a little bit of that focused time with each other. Absolutely. It's it the does. way God intended it. Yep. He didn't say here in Mark 10 that he put us together in unity as one to be separated. Yeah. It's time that we get that feeling of unity back together and mm -hmm. focus on each other. Absolutely. And that all comes, it stems from that selfless love driven marriage. Selfless love driven marriage. What is the best, you know, for them? And you have to have it. If you don't, if that if that's not the if that is not the the foundation that your that your marriage is built upon, then it's going to crumble. Because notice Jesus modeled this for the church, which is his bride. The church is his bride, and that's how he modeled love, putting them over him. You know, he was said, literally think about that prayer in the garden. Jesus actually prayed, "Lord, if there's any other way to make this happen, let this come cut pass from me. But if this is the only way." If this is the only way, I'll do it. I'll do what your will is, Lord. He was literally willing to be tortured and killed so that the bride could be redeemed. And literally, he didn't care what it was going to take from him. He was willing to give himself. And that's that's the model. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to put my wife first, my family first. And that kind of a love shows. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people that run around harping on the... On the uh, on the principle, wives submit, wives submit, wives submit. And why have wives had a hard time submitting? Because notice the Bible actually tells us what they should submit to their husbands. And then the husbands, their job is to love the wife as Christ loved the church. As my wife said a moment ago, you know how much easier it is to submit yourself to, to selfless love than to selfish actions? It's so much easier. That's why it's so easy to submit to Jesus. Right. For his selfless love of act that he did on the cross for us. Listen, That's how we should look at it with our husbands. Guys, make it easy on your wives. Make it easy on them to submit as Jesus, as you know, Christ commanded us to do. Make it easy on them. Don't make it hard. Don't walk around being selfish, being a jerk. Don't, don't, you know, make it easier. And the husband, without question, that's why I want to get into this number two, because this is something that people don't want to talk about, especially in the day and age we live in. 
But the husband is the headship of the home, the leader of the home. God set it up that way. God set it up that way. You know, anything with more than one head is a monster. God set it up with delegated authority. And this is why the Bible teaches what it teaches, that the husband is the head of the home. And actually, the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife. And just as Christ is the head of the church, it's the same thing that we're getting ready to read right now. We just read a portion of it, that Christ is the head of the church, the husband is the head of the home and the head of his wife. And so there is clear leadership in the home that Christ expects. And that's what number two is. If you're writing it down, number two, the second element that will bring a supernatural marriage is a biblical hierarchy, biblical hierarchy in the marriage understanding the authority delegation in the house. You know, one of the things I love about my wife is that she never tries ever to undermine my authority. She never tries to, because that also brings extreme division in the home, Yeah, brings extreme division. And kids are smart. Kids know how to play parents off of one another. Any parents watching that know what I'm talking about, throw some emoji hands in the comments section. <laughs> Kids know how to, literally, they know how to play the parents off one another. They ask mom or dad for something, and if dad says no, then they'll come ask mom without telling them what dad said. Hey, can I have this? And then when, if mom says yes, says, I told you you can't have that. Mom said I could, you know, and they, they'll play the parents right off of each other. Kids know how to do that. But I, one of the things I love about my wife is that she never undermines the authority in the home. So I've heard her many, many times, many times that, you know, our kids are just like anybody else's kids. They'll try to do the same thing and they may ask me for something and they'll go to mom after. I said no. And, and you know, my, uh, my wife will say, if dad said no, it's no. If dad said no, it's no. And, and, and I'll do the same for her. You know, if they ask her first, then try to come ask me. Well, no, mom said you need to eat dinner first. You know, that, that's the big thing, you know, for us, like, you know, always trying to get sweets and snacks all the time. Our Brooklyn is like the sweet queen. queen. <laughs> Can I have an ice pop? Can I have an ice pop? Can I? She, she would eat 48 ice pops a day if, she, if we let her. Can I have an ice pop? I mean, it's like second nature. It's the thing she says the most. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a... P-O-P. Yeah, she, yeah, because we used to spell it when Teddy was too young to, but now to Teddy understand what it knows means. Knows it because she's asked so many times for it. Even She'll though he say, can't can spell, I have he knows a what it means. P O P. And then Teddy will be like, "Can I have one too?" Yeah. It's like, <laughs> now he knows Brooklyn. Brooklyn has actually taught him spelling just by getting ice pops. But it's like you know, you'll hear mom say, "No, you need to eat lunch first. No, you need to have dinner first. And then she come down, Daddy, can I have a P O P? No, your mom just told you that we're having dinner first. We're not going to go around eating a or bunch of junk. And you know, even those little things, you say that, that seems like a very small thing, but even those little things become irritating and become divisive when you undermine the authority in the house. It becomes number one. That's that would be irritating to her. It would be irritating to me. I just told her she couldn't have that. Right. Why did you give it to her? Well, I, I think she should be allowed to Because then you one. water down the authority of the father, yep. the authority of the mother when you do that. Yep. And... And when that authority is leaving the home, yep. then there becomes chaos. And here's what you're teaching your kids. 
what your your father's instructions aren't that important. Right. Your father's instructions and commands are not that important. You can choose to obey them or choose not to obey them. It really doesn't matter. So that when they get into the kingdom of God, that's the same type of stance they'll yeah. take with instructions from God. Every, well, his instructions are Everything aren't that important. you're taught now in the structure of a family and then, you know, kids with disciplining yes. and, and obeying your parents all leads to that instruction and following and doing, being obedient and doing what the Lord says, mm -hmm. because it starts off here. Jesus knows that you're going to have trouble being obedient and listening to his instruction if you can't even follow the instruction of a natural man in yeah. front of you. So you can't go around thinking loosely of these things like, oh, well, I mean, dad just said no about an ice pop and, you know, this and that, or even when it comes to, to spanking and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, as a mother or nurturer, it, you know, it hurts me to see my children getting punished. Right. But I can't run in the room and do this whole, like, you know, don't do it right. type thing. I, I had to, you know, leave the room or I'm in the other room. As much as it hurts me, mm -hmm. I have to think of their future and realize I trust Ted enough right. that he knows what he's doing as the authority of this home to teach our children in the ways of God and what they're supposed to do as they get older. Absolutely right. And this is what the Bible says in uh, verse 23 of Ephesians 5. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. And, uh, you know, this this has not happened often. But, you know, this this has happened before. And it's, it's an interesting, very transparent thing to say. But there's even times, one thing I do appreciate my wife, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but she's a godly wife, so I don't think she will. But there, there's been, there's, there's been know. times that, you know, <laughs> you're so funny, but you know, there's been times that I've explained to you, you know, I've actually corrected you in things that you've said or done. Uh, and, and, and listen, it doesn't, yeah. trust me when I say it's happened maybe two times or three times in an entire marriage, but she is humble enough and godly enough and, and literally peaceful enough to say, you know what, that. And she might not right off the bat, because you know how it is. If there's ever, <laughs> no, if 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 no, a marriage, you know, people's people's emotions get involved. People get angry. People get frustrated. Well, that's sometimes usually why it happens. If someone you know right, speaks but, but out, you know, it's because their flesh. You have always, over. and I, I think that's an, a testament to the things that we're we're talking about, because the Bible actually says, "Do not let the sun go down on your wrath," which means don't go to bed angry at each other. Don't go to bed angry at each other. So we've had issues before where, you know, we, we've had fights just like every other couple, but we always seek to make it right, to bring peace, love before we ever go to sleep. And it's something we had to learn. Yeah. I mean, we didn't start our marriage off like that. We were 23 years old and stubborn and, you yep. know, and we would go to bed. Well, we're both like strong that. personalities. Yeah. So that, you know, you throw that together and, you know, two people used to being strong. You have to, you have to learn how to make your flesh submit to what the word of God says and how that happens is through meekness and humility. Yes. Pride is a, a destructive force and uh, it hasn't happened, but there's been a few times and it wasn't even a fight. It's almost like the, I, I can remember, uh, you know, a couple of times where it's just like, no, I felt the spiritual leading. To, to bring that right. and, and you were you were very open and and that's that is a godly example 
to just leave the flesh behind and understand that we're going to live our marriage by what the word of God says. Yeah. And uh, and I can say that I'm so thankful for a wife that is humble, godly, and and peaceful. You know, that's why the Bible says so much about in the book of Proverbs about living with a, a, a woman that is uh, chaotic and not peaceful. It's, it's like it's Roller the coaster. worst thing that anyone could ever have. And, and that's what the, the Bible is very clear about that. And you can understand why that kind of a, a relationship is so destructive yeah. in every area. It's, it's demonic. Don asked the question, should a wife submit to a non-believing husband, especially if he's still abusive and is not saved? Uh, the wife got saved. Husband did not. Uh, can you discuss how a wife should submit to ungodly husband? Thank you. So the Bible teaches that... Um, you know, if the husband is willing to live peaceably, if the husband is willing to live peaceably with his now his wife who is now saved, that the wife should stay with her husband yeah. and redeem and that be marriage. That example. But uh, we're talking about here. If you're talking about uh, abuse, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother thing. You know, uh, a wife a wife who is being abused. Now in this day and age, you could say, or, or a husband that's being abused should always seek to protect themselves and their children from abuse uh, of any kind and uh, seek, number one, protection from, from abuse. Don't stay there and keep getting beat. Don't stay there and keep getting destroyed. You know, it doesn't mean you stop praying for your husband. doesn't right. mean you stop loving him or, or you just write him off. But, but don't wisdom. leave yourself. Yeah, <laughs> use wisdom. Don't leave yourself in a position of being beaten or uh, uh, abused. Get out of that relationship. But going back to the question of how should a wife uh, submit to an ungodly husband or one who is unsaved. Husbands um, that are unsaved are obviously not going to uh, seek to please the Lord with their actions. But a wife that is saved should still seek to submit to her husband as long as what his leading is doing is not sinful. You know, if it, you can't you can't say, well, you know, um, <laughs> my husband is not saved, so uh, he wanted to lead us to go. You know, we go out every Friday night drinking at the bar. We get drunk with our friends. And, you know, he's my husband. He said, that's what we're going to do, and I want to submit to my husband. No, you no, don't submit to not... sinful actions. Right. You know, uh, all that kind of stuff. So what you want to do is, yes, you want to show deference and respect for your husband, uh, and in that way, you're showing him your, that Christ-likeness that's in you, that he should sense a difference in you once you get saved. He should sense a difference in you once you get filled with the Holy Ghost. It should show him. That's how Smith Wigglesworth got married. I, I mean, got, got in his marriage, got saved. His wife got saved first. And so now uh, he threw her out of the house and locked the door, made her sleep on the doorstep all night. The next day she came in in the morning and when he went out to get the paper and cooked him breakfast. And she's actually the one that was saved first, and she brought redemption into that marriage. Yeah. And listen, your husband should see the difference in you without question, but you should never follow your husband's leading into sinful lifestyle or sinful actions. Uh, only submit and, and and give deference as far as is pleasing to the Lord, uh, and don't try to cause problems with him and strife and fight. Be peaceable in the home. Yeah. And that and that's what you need to do. And uh, so <clears throat> that's what the Bible teaches is that there's a hierarchy. The husband is a leader and husbands need to stand up and be the leader God created them to be. Not selfish, not uncaring, but caring for their family, 
caring for their children, caring for their wife, showing selfless love, and take that leadership role yeah. and lead by the power of God. Not weak, not bulldozed over by That's your right. wife. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, you just see it too much. We kind of touched on this, but number three, if you're taking notes, number three is unconditional unity. Unconditional unity. And I'm talking about between a husband and wife that are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Unconditional unity. That we are unified. You know, if you if you look at those marriage ceremonies, uh, one of the things that often is done in a marriage ceremony is the unity candle, where two candles that are lit go now and light the one candle, and then the two flames are blown out, and only thing that remains is the one flame on the unity candle. What is that symbolizing? That two become one mm -hmm. in a marriage relationship. We're no longer seeking our separate uh, endeavors to become one. We are unified in marriage. We are unified in marriage. And so unconditional unity. Because now you've got this two people, two separate paths that are coming together. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says a righteous man's steps are ordered and he gives us a direct path. So he's put these two people together Mm -hmm. That is a godly marriage. Yep. You found each other prayerfully leading of the Holy Spirit because it will make or break your life. You know, I was telling somebody that I believe that there is a certain person for everyone because sure, we, we can marry whoever, you could have married whoever, but if they hated traveling, that would have destroyed your calling. No question. I've seen many because, ministries destroyed because they have the wrong person in their marriage. Yeah, because you've got to take this path together. So you got to get somebody that's in unity. He puts you guys together, and now you're on this this path together that's bringing you to what God's called you guys to do together. Absolutely. Everyone tries to do all their separate separate things. And I don't mean like, yes, obviously people have separate jobs, but you know what I mean? Like your relationship with the Lord needs to grow in unity together. Mm -hmm. Your love needs to grow in unity together. Mm -hmm. What you guys believe, you need to be on the same page yeah. in the things of God growing together on the same path in order to make your marriage work. Absolutely. And one of the ways to do that, which I love how the word of God teaches this, we said it earlier, is to write the vision and make it plain. What are we striving to do in this marriage? What are we striving to do in this relationship? If you don't have any house rules, why don't you? Why don't why isn't there a clearly defined path for your family? See because if there's not I love this. <clears throat> the Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. But one translation of that verse says it this way, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint means they just start doing whatever they want to do. There's chaos. A vision snaps you into a plan. You know, it's, I, was, I was like, I was talking about uh, uh, if you're a professional athlete. I actually talked to a professional athlete that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He told me that when they come back to a training camp, that there's only about a one and a half to two pound window for their weight. That the team has a weight that they want that person to be at for whatever position they play. And he said, if we come back to training camp and our weight is off by more than two pounds, which is the grace period, high or low, he said, they start fining us thousands of dollars based on every pound heavier or lighter we are. And so what's the what's that? It gives them a vision to adhere to. That means if I've got a vision, my vision doesn't just tell me what I can do and should be doing. It also outlines what I should not be doing right. and the things that I should not be involved with. 
And so if there's not a vision for your home, why isn't there? If there aren't house rules for your home, why aren't there? Because see, that clarity brings uh, the ability for us to be in uh, unity. We can agree on something. The Bible said, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Amos that means three, that three. Yeah, if we, what is it? Amos 3.3. Three. Amos 3.3. Three. So if she says, we're going south, and I say, no, we're going north. We could be, we're linked up in marriage, but now we're trying to go in two different directions, which means we can't go wherever we both want to go. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? That means there's got to be a written vision. There's got to be a something that's clearly defined. What do we expect in this marriage? In this marriage, that's why the husband can't have different uh, 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 goals than the wife. And the wife has different goals. And the wife says, well, we're soft on this. And the husband says, no, we're not soft on that. We're doing that. There has to be agreement. Right. Unity brings strength. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Talk about it. Jinx. No, no. I was literally just going to say unity brings strength. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> well, the other thing is this. You know why? We're, we're in unity. unity. Oh, my, oh, my goodness. Um, but, but think about this, too, though. <laughs> unity doesn't just bring strength, but it makes all things possible. Yeah. I was preaching about this last night, how God looked down at the people in the book of Genesis who were building the Tower of Babel, which later it was later called the Tower of Babel. And God looked down, they had this, uh, they had this um, vision to build a tower or a, a tower into the heavens. And God looked down and actually said, now these were wicked pagan people. And God looked down and said, if I don't confuse their language and bring division, they will do anything that they put their heart to do. They'll do anything they set their heart to do. So even God recognized the strength in their unity. He said, if I don't divide them, if I don't confuse them, then they will literally be able to do anything they set their heart to do. That shows you that unity brings a supernatural aspect to your marriage. That when there is unconditional unity, all things are possible in your marriage. All things are possible in your marriage. And so that's why it's so important to have a written vision, to know what are we doing with our life? What are we doing with our marriage? What are we doing in our family? What do we expect for our kids? What do we expect for ourselves? Right. And that brings us to number four. This is interesting. Uh, this, this brings us to number four, which is to have uh, kingdom details. So adhering to kingdom priorities. Yeah. Adhere to kingdom priorities. That's number four. Adhere to kingdom priorities. Put it in the comment section. That's got to be our goal. We're going to adhere to kingdom priorities, which means that our vision is made up of whatever the word of God says we're going to do. Right. We are faithful to church because the word of God tells us to be faithful to church. Our kids are not going to grow up in a home where we go to church one Sunday out of four in the month. Yeah. And make other things a priority. No. Our kids aren't going to see that from us. What they're going to see are parents who adhere to kingdom details. Do you know what our kingdom priorities and details? Our kids are going to see that we're a family that we always pay our tithes. Yep. They're going to see that. And our kids are going to understand that because we're going to teach them at a young age, and we already have, how to tithe when money comes into their hand. 
making kingdom details our priority. Making kingdom details our priority. Our kids are going to grow up in a home. We're going to have a home where there's never, there's never going to be a question, not in our marriage. Well, should we tithe this month? <laughs> I can't, it makes me laugh because I can't even imagine that being a question. Well, I don't know. Should we tithe this month? I don't know if I, I don't really feel to tithe this month. No, we do what the word of God says. Our home is a home and that will always adhere. And we even teach our kids offering. Like we've, of course. We've, we've taught them to tithe, but we also make sure they know that we don't just give that. We give, we above, give and above and beyond because above and beyond is what brings the increase. Exactly. The tithe, I mean, that's not what we're teaching on, is just returning what belongs to God. Meaning yeah. it's his. It's his anyway. I have it. I I borrowed it. I'm just returning it back to you. That's it's right. yours. You know, don't look at it as I'm giving this Sunday. That's what people do. Tithing is I, not I giving. understand you're giving as the action. Yes, I'm bringing my tithe and I'm giving it, but it's not your giving. No. Your giving is your offering. Tithing's and not And that giving. what brings, this is all a side note, you know, but that's what but brings. But in, in honesty, it's really not a side note. Yeah. Because but if, I'm just if saying married like, couples won't tithe and if they won't give, one of the number one reasons for divorce in America is financial instability yeah. and financial pressure. And it's listed on the divorce papers. We just can't get our finances in order and it's too it's too stressful. We're going to do, go our own ways. This is not a side thing. This is a main thing. That if church, if, if, if Christian relationships that go to church will not tithe and give, they'll be destroyed. Yeah. If you're not a tither, you'll be a beggar. And that begging mentality, that poverty mentality will bring destruction to your relationship. And so we also teach offering. We teach our children, you know, and... Even if you don't have children yet, we know the offering brings the increase. Mm -hmm. Everything we have, and it's made known in our home. It's mm -hmm. made known in our home, literally, probably daily, because we, we say kids. it in prayer at night and we tell our kids, you know, and then at night we've added onto our confession, and one yeah. of them is we're thankful. Mm -hmm. And so then Maddie started saying, what are we thankful for? So right. every night they, she goes they around, think about- around yeah, the room. Around the room, and we say something we're thankful for because they know that everything we're looking at, mm -hmm. anything they're looking at in their bedroom, in our home, what they're sitting on, what they're eating, was all given to us by God. Yep. And that's something that we strongly teach in our home. There's nothing we have that yeah. we got on our own. Everything that's in our life came from God above. Everything. Everything we yeah. have came from him. And it's all his because we're in covenant with him. And, and this is something. Kingdom priorities. Listen to Matthew 6, 33. You know it. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seeking righteousness is right living, but seeking the kingdom of God is adhering to covenant details. That means oh, whatever you find in the word, make it a part of your life. Whatever you find in the word, make it a part of your life. I refuse. There's never going to be a week or a month where we're going to be unfaithful to church. It's not going to happen. There's never going to be a week or a month where we're going to stop tithing or pause our tithing. It's never going to happen. There's never going to be a week or a month in our marriage relationship where we're going to stop giving above and beyond the tithe. It's not going to happen. Or make we're, anything in the kingdom second right. to our life. No, everything in your marriage, if you adhere to kingdom principles, see the instructions of God have come to us to take us 
higher, not to destroy us. Yeah. Anytime you obey the, let, let me let me show you. Go to Psalm one and listen. Listen to the blessings. I want you to listen to this. This is people who put God first in everything they do. Listen. Blessed is the man. Psalm one one through three. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stains on the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, catch this, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that bears fruit in every season. And his leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers. That is your marriage in Jesus' name. Notice what the prerequisite was, is that the man delights himself in the laws of the Lord. That is what should be happening in your marriage. We delight ourselves in the law of the Lord. Whatever God says, we are happy to do. Yeah. Whatever God says, we are happy to do. That's what I just did my last podcast on last week was where does your loyalty lie? And I went on a whole podcast about how we are so loyal to our job. We're so loyal to the natural things. We're loyal to our friends. We're loyal to, you know, our you know, our husband. But where does our loyalty lie with the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Where are our priorities? And just like he said, you putting these things first will only make your life better, your right. marriage better, your relationship with your kids better. Yeah. It sets you up to new levels. Absolutely. So you have to you have to figure out, you know, like I said, where where does your loyalty lie here in the kingdom? What is your priority here in life? No question about it. You'll never, ever see us. Yeah. Ever. Reiterating this before we move on to the next one. Putting anything yep. first. Vacations and not our first. And our kids know this without a doubt. They have been in every meeting since they were born. Yep. I've never gotten a babysitter. I get asked this all the time. Do you bring someone on the road to, to travel with you? Do you keep them back at the hotel? Do you actually go to every meeting when you're on the road? Yes. Do you leave your kids at home and you and Ted go to a meeting? Never. Never. They are with us in church receiving. Because remember, your spirit man is not aged. My kid's spirit man is not 10 years old. So I'm going to teach my kid's spirit man to be wiser, to have discernment at a yep. young age, to hear the voice of God. So they're not going to be uh, messed up in this generation. That's right. That doesn't know what the heck is going on. It's true. Well, think about this. The Bible. It's so easy to cave to peer pressure. It is. But think about the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. What does it mean to wait upon the Lord? It's to wait upon him, not like he missed the bus, but to wait upon him as a waiter would wait on a table. What that means is, is there anything else I can do for you, Lord? Is there anything else you'd like, Lord? What can I get you, Lord? You know, it's that kind of a mentality. They that wait upon the Lord, wait in the sense of serving him with gladness. And that's why I said, whatever God says, we're happy to do because we're waiting on him. 
We're waiting upon him. Whatever he would like is what we're going to get him. Whatever he wants done is what we're going to do for him. And the Bible says when you live like that, where you are prioritizing kingdom covenant details, then the Bible says that's a person that will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and they'll not faint. That'll be the story of your marriage in Jesus' name is that your marriage will mount up with wings as eagles. Yeah. Your mar- in your marriage, you will run and you'll not grow weary of each other even. That you'll walk and you'll not faint. Your marriage will not be a hardship to you. It'll be a blessing to you. Your mar- Listen to what I'm saying. If you in your marriage will wait upon the Lord, if you in your marriage will adhere to covenant details, your marriage will not be a burden to you. Your marriage will be a blessing to you. And I want you to declare it. Declare it in the comments section right now. My marriage will not be a burden. My marriage will be a blessing. Write it. My marriage will not be a burden. My marriage will be a blessing. My marriage will never be a burden. My marriage will be a blessing. That's going to be your story in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. That's fun. That's awesome, Lynn I love it. Write it in the comments. My marriage will never be a burden. It will always be a blessing. Never be a burden. Always be a blessing. God bless you in South Africa. And so I want to finish with this, number five, before we pray for you guys today. Number five, and this I feel like is one of the most important things, because this is what keeps people from really all these other things we're talking about. Unity, adhering to covenant details, not having friction in the marriage. And that is this is having a steady, this is number five, a steady line of open communication. A steady line of open communication with each other. That needs to be there. You need to have it in your marriage. Do you know how many husbands just like literally shut themselves up? Well, they don't talk about anything. They just get angrier and angrier. Or wives that won't say anything. You know, one of the... We're famous for that. uh, One of the things, (laughs) let me tell you, this is number five and it's so vital to make all these others work. This is one of the most annoying things. I've even seen, it's funny, I've even seen stand-up comedians do, do things on this, which makes me laugh. But husbands and wives can both do this. They can get to a place where they just expect and they get angry at the other spouse, the husband or the wife, if they don't read their mind. You know, if you, well, if you don't know why I'm upset, then I guess there's nothing else to talk about. It's like, no, tell me why you're upset. Yeah. This well, is, if you can't tell. So I've learned this. Well, I mean, you know, you, sometimes girls are like that. And so, you know, getting married. What? Denise, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yes. What's wrong? Are you, is everything okay? I'm fine. I know. Because uh, this is what happens. Because started at this and he made this clear. So if this is something that you're saying newly married on, you listen make to sure us on this one. You get this out of the door now. And husbands, speak up. Tell your wife, just like he told me. And look, I still love him and I adore him and I honor him. But he said it at the beginning, because I used to do this. I would drag stuff out. I would keep it in and I would bottle it and I would be like, I'm fine. But like you could tell in your tone, you're not. Of course you're not. And fine. then this is the thing we're we're have done this before. I'm fine. I make a point not to do it anymore. But I mean, I will say I'm guilty of it earlier in life. Is that 
we then we have a, a this major conversation going on in our head. Yeah. Like we're back and forth, and he should have said this. Well, then I would have said this, and then he should have, he should have, he should have, and like you had this whole scenario, like a movie playing in your mind. And then later on... <laughs> and meanwhile, the husband's like, like, I wonder if we're going to have steak this week, any for dinner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he <laughs> says one thing. And then you went off. And he was like, I don't even know what you're talking the about. What the heck are you talking about? Where, where were you when you had this conversation? It wasn't with me. But you had it in your head. And you have this preconceived idea of how he's supposed to be what his reaction should have been to you, how he was supposed to handle it. Yeah. When actually you gotta look at yourself and be like, how was <laughs> I supposed to handle this? Did I handle this properly? Yeah. Did I say something out of line? And stop looking just at your husbands. And so I had, husband. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I hope they don't, <laughs> I hope they don't clarify that. Call them Mormons. Um, and so, <laughs> but I mean, he had to say, he actually had to tell me to cut it out. And I had to realize that if I want a good marriage, I really did need to cut this out. And I needed to be like, if I'm not fine, let's, let's get it out on the table now. Because one, like he said at the beginning of this broadcast, we're not going to bed upset at each other. That's right. We have, I mean, and it's been many years. We have always made sure. And we don't even fight that much anymore. No. Like very, very. But if you rarely. want to, I'm ready. No. You took my heavy cream. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like, we make sure it's it's actually really fast now. It's like yeah, yeah. afterwards, and we're both like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, regardless if you it, do something wrong, I put you in timeout, and then it's over. Regardless if I should have been the one to say sorry first, put your pride down yeah. and go to your husband. Right. Or husbands, go to your wife, and somebody diffuse the situation. Like right. I said at the beginning of the broadcast, you have the power. Change the tone. Exactly. Diffuse the situation. Don't let that bomb go off. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. Cut that fire out. Well, that's the thing is it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then it explodes. But you spoke about the beginning of our marriage, and you said, listen, we're not doing it this way. No. We're not having this. You're not going to go off and say you're fine for three days, and no. really you're not, and you got a chip well, you on never, your shoulder. You never did it for three days. No, but there are people that do it. The They'll do it for days. three days. They punish everybody. Yeah, it's true. Their, their, their kids are now you know, reaping a mom who's aggravated and annoyed and they have no idea what's going on. Absolutely. And you just look like a fool and you look like a basket case on a roller coaster and nobody wants a person that's an emotional roller coaster. And you I'm think sorry. about too, that, that has to do with- Keep it real, folks. <laughs> that has to do with becoming more and more mature as you yes. grow. Yes. And obviously employing the fruit of the spirit. Exactly. In your marriage. Self-control. Self-control, You do self-control, the peace. rest falls in the it's line. It's true. You do self-control. Yes, I get there's more fruits of the Spirit, but you do self-control and the rest That's just true. are so easy. And they just they just follow in line. They just go right in suit. Absolutely true. And that's the key. Open lines. I talk. We talk about what's happening. We talk about moving forward. And, uh, you know, that's one thing even that I've had to work on because, like, I've got everything in my mind the way I want it to go and whatever. And, uh, you know, husbands, one thing you can misinterpret that your wife wants in on part of the plan. She wants to be part of the uh, the team or whatever. And and if you, you don't misinterpret it as her nagging you about stuff, it, that she wants knowledge. She wants to know what's happening, what, what the plans are for the future, what's going on. <laughs> I'm a part of this team. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought I was a part of this we're team. We're talking real life now. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, man, this sounds familiar. <laughs> so, 
That that's the key. And men men have a tendency. You know, I got it figured out. Listen, no, listen, transparency with you guys. I got it figured out. I don't need you checking up on everything. No, but that's not the point. Yeah. The point is, I got this. There's unity. The point is, I'm a part of this team. We're in. We, two have become one. We're unified. We are together. We're moving forward together. Listen, I want to pray the same thing. Right. I want to be. You know, having that faith for whatever he's believing for, even yep. though it might be something he's doing mm-hmm. that I'm not doing. But I want to join my faith to make it happen. You're doing everything I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, to, that, that's what the unity is all about, and and having that open line of communication. Don't guys, don't treat it like your like your wife is nagging you. You know, quit checking up on me. I got it figured out. I don't need your no. She wants to. She's a part of your marriage. Yeah. She's a part of the vision. She's Talk a part. Him. Of the of the union God's Make given you. Make them feel you. included. Yeah, and they are included because literally that union means that you're in the same boat. Where you're going, you're both going. Where you're going, you're both going. Get in a boat and everyone paddles the opposite direction. That's a great point, Alyssa. see what Reaver makes. We were created. We are made to help. Yeah. That's what God did. Your wife is not a detriment to your marriage. She's a help. Yeah. She's a help to you. She's a help to you. Help me help you. <laughs> that's that's what people you, you almost want to like yell at people sometimes. Like, why do you make it so hard to help? I just want to help. Stop making it so hard for me to help you. And uh, guys, don't treat it like she's a nag. Don't treat it like she's an annoyance. She's a blessing to your life. Some of you, I don't even know how you got a wife. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but don't make it so. You're not hard. kidding. That's okay. No, I'm I'm kidding. No, you're not. Uh, I'm not, but no. I am. Um, <laughs> But don't make it hard. Don't make it hard for your wife to be a blessing to you. Don't make it hard for her to help you. God said it is not even good for men to be alone. He said it's not even good. So he created Eve because it's not good, God said. Man didn't say that. Social media didn't say that. God said it. It's not good for man to be alone. So I'm going to create for him a help, somebody that's going to come alongside him and be a blessing to him. The and Bible says that he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And I was going to say, wives, don't make it hard on your husband. If he's coming to you and asking what's wrong, you know, that's also hard for guys too, you know, for communication. So don't make it hard on them. We'll make it easy on you. You make it easy on each other. Because it's true. Do You come to me and then if I am the one that's like giving you the cold shoulder, then yeah. I'm making this Worse when we actually can make it better. Lynn said, we we want to share life. We actually really do want to know how your day was. It's not an inquisition. (laughs) It's true. For the final, listen, before we pray, uh, any questions? If you guys want to put any questions in today before we pray for you and, and, and sign off, um, you know, pop some, pop some questions in if, if you have them. I know we've been answering them as we've been going, but if there's anything you didn't get a chance to ask, well, the beautiful and wonderful Carolyn is here on the broadcast. Uh, pop some questions in. I may get invited uh, back. Biblically speaking, is it wrong to live with my ex even though there's nothing going on as a couple? I never, ever... Uh, I don't think you should be living together. Yeah, I never... Because one of the things the Bible does say, even though you, you say that there's nothing going on between you, uh, the Bible does say to avoid the very appearance of evil. Even though there there may not be any evil things happening, uh, don't even the Bible says avoid the very appearance of it. 
that even if people could say, well, there's stuff wrong going on behind those doors, don't even give people the opportunity to say that there are things that are going on that are wrong. Avoid the very appearance of evil. And temptation's real. Doesn't of course. matter. I mean, you know, you like, have history with your ex. Yeah, you have a which soul means tie that there's there. already a soul tie. There's already chemistry. Uh, once, once. So it's not wise. Another. It's not. It's not wise. I would separate officially. Like, I would. Out of I would as well. I think that's the best <laughs> course of action. I don't. And I never ever uh, would support you know boyfriend and girlfriend living together ever. Get married. You know why do people wait so long to get married in this generation? You know, people are people are getting married later than ever before. You know, back you know back in our grandparents' day, people used to get married at like nineteen, yeah. and it was common. People get married at like nineteen years old, eighteen years old. People were going to because war. Because this generation's fed like you need to get your you, career. You down. need to get your career. You need to, your, you need to do this. You need to do all of this before, before you, you get, settle down. Yeah. Or they're just fed to you all the time, like how bad settling down is. Yeah, you're going like, to lose out on life. You're going to be a loser. You're going to miss out on everything. There's so much fun you got to get. Yeah, it's like you such gotta, a stupid thought process. A, B, and C before then you're tied down by a ball and chain and kids. Meanwhile, baggage. Because, of that, uh, because of that thought process, uh, uh, people are all kinds of, of uh, sexual sin. But divorce rate is higher. And sexual sin and, sexual and, and sin temptation. Because of that Because way people of are life. waiting forever. Why do you wait so long? You know, it's not good to wait. The Bible said Paul actually told the church, get married rather than burn with lust. You know, don't don't sit around waiting to get married. I don't know why people wait so long to get married. No, I have no idea why people wait My so long. My ex is not, he's a what? He's a Sikh. Oh. Um, Glad you can read. I'm not good at it. Unrelated to marriage, <laughs> curious. My husband and I were just talking about this. Uh, yay or nay on Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Um, we, t we talk about Santa. I don't feel like I'm lying to my children that I don't feel like if they grow up, you know, that they're going to feel like dad and mom lied to me for years. Hey. They told me that this man was real and he's not real. Like, I, I don't feel like that. I am all about Santa. I think it's fun. I think, you know, if you rearrange the letters, it's Satan Claus. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but listen, it, I tell people, and I mean this, like if, if they are going to think you're lying about Jesus because you did this like for a few years on Santa Claus, you're not <laughs> teaching them enough about Jesus or the things like my kids are brought and they've seen what Jesus does. Miracles, right. signs, wonders, you know, praying. He knows he's real. They've seen him show up in their own life, believing for finances at 10 years old. Yep. They've got the faith for it. And so they realize that Santa Claus is a jolly old man that brings one present that they get, and we go and have fun with it. Right. So it's my teaching. If I, if my kids believe like there's a lie there, or they believe in, I, I mean, they eventually grow out of it. I just, I, I think people give too much thought. It this too super spiritual thought. I think, on I it. think so. You know, the kids are smart. You know what I mean? It's like at some point you realize like we don't even have a chimney. You know what I'm saying? It's like. How is he even getting in the house? Well, yeah. no, there's a magical key. Oh, I didn't even For, know about the magical key. I grew key. up in Florida. There was no chimney. There's no chimney. You think in I was going to be left out? Magical key? No, didn't know about it. But I mean, we also teach our kids about Bigfoot. Elvis is still alive. The Loch Ness monster. <laughs> two pox um, on an two island. Two pox on an island somewhere. We, I mean, you know, but listen, all those. I don't are think people need to overthink something like that. It's something that comes. <laughs> I mean, Sarah, listen. I'm paying on. for the presents. I'm Santa the Claus <laughs> is. I know Santa Claus does not get 
uh, in our house, he doesn't get a say of, um, you know, the big stuff. Yeah, he so gets the little stuff. He gets the little stuff. But listen, Jesus has taught all the other days of the year, including Christmas time. And Santa's just brought up for a couple weeks. Santa's not going to destroy the message of Christ. So, and if he does, then that's on you because you weren't teaching your kids well enough. Yeah, I mean, people get over overly religious about it. But it's not going to destroy the message of Christ. No one else did. My mom was like, did, did anyone tell you? Any other questions before we pray today? Those are good questions, guys. I love how many people are saying they got married at a young age. AJ said, my wife was 20, I was 22. Best decision ever. Uh, I believe Aww. that was Sarah that said. That's uh, AJ and Laura. Mm-hmm. AJ and Laura. And they're real We got married at 23. Sarah, I got married at 20. My mom was married at 19. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't. Listen, you can know the plan of God for your life. That's what makes life easy is discovering the plan of God for your life and then moving forward with it. You know, moving forward on what God called you to do, take action on it, and the blessing flows when you when you fulfill the plan of God for your life. And part of God's plan for your life is your husband or wife, who, who you're marrying. And life has become better because of you. That's why Jack Johnson's our song, Better Together. We don't listen to secular music. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I, one day I should tell you guys about how we got engaged. It was it's a it's a funny story. I'll do that next time she's on because we don't have the time to do it today. But it freaked her out. But it was an awesome, an awesome it's engagement. It's funny. It's really sweet and romantic. It is. But it's funny how you reacted. Well, that was funny to me. Actually, Santa Claus. No, no one debunks the chimney problem. Ted. Love you guys, too. Let's pray. I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm going to pray for uh, every person that's watching. And even those that are watching the replay, I'm going to pray for you. Maybe some of you watching, you're not even married yet. And you're believing for a husband or wife. Maybe you're separated or divorced. You're believing for the restoration of your family. Uh, maybe your marriage is just in trouble and you're believing for restoration and healing in your relationship. I'm going to pray that God would touch every person watching and use this broadcast to literally bring you back into the healing that he's planned for your marriage, the strength that he's planned for your family. Indeed. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every man and every woman watching the broadcast today. Lord, whatever it was that was sent to destroy their relationship, yeah. sent to destroy their marriage, sent to destroy their home, we rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we know that you can do anything. All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. And so, Lord, we ask you the same healing virtue that heals cancer, that raises the dead. I pray that that same healing virtue would come upon their marriage relationship today in Jesus' name. Touch them. Change them by your power. Lord, as they implement the things from your word that we're teaching, we thank you things are going to get better, better, better in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Better, better, better. Use them. Use their marriage. Use their children to make an impact for the kingdom of God before it's too late. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise and glory for bringing those relationships together. We thank you that your word says that what God has put together, let no man put asunder. So we thank you, Lord, that the devil will not be able to destroy their family. He'll not be able to destroy their marriage. We give you glory and yeah. praise for that. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. And a new fresh love and a desire for yes. each other. Amen. So if it's something you feel like you don't have right now or it's been many years, that I pray that it's rekindled inside of you. That's right. Amen. Amen. 
We love you guys a lot. We want to encourage you before you go today, sow a seed by the power of God. That seed that you're sowing, we talked about it a moment ago. We've made up in our minds that we're always going to be seed sowers, always. And we're always going to sow seed by faith. We've made that up in our mind. We don't ever, I think that's one of the things that we had to make a choice about. We will never give flippantly. Yep. We won't do it. We always want to activate our faith every time we sow. I think one of the cool things about unity that we were talking about is for however many years that was, 10 years, that we would never be together on during offering time. I would always be on the platform behind the keyboard. You'd always be in the in the seats, in the Just sanctuary. Just in the last two years. Yeah, only in the last two and a half years have we actually been sitting Sat together in offering time. And, <laughs> and, uh, but together. I thought it was so offering uh, awesome, awesome that at offering time that we would have in our spirit the same thing yeah. in unity. I mean, literally, we would have the same thing. Someone and, actually asked me once. They were like, how do you guys do, how do you guys give? Like, he's, he's up there and you're down here. Like, how do you, how do you guys can't lean over and like talk to each other? Right. But there is a, There's a, a communication and our spirit man that speaks to Ted. And then I can actually hear the same The voice. same Holy Spirit <laughs> that speaks to me is speaking to her. And it would always, it would always blow my mind. You know, we'd get home, especially in the young, youngest uh, days of marriage, get, getting home. What did you give today? What did you feel to give? And she would tell me what she sowed in the, in the offering. It was the same exact thing I'd feel in my spirit to sow. And uh, it, it's amazing, that and unity. I, and, and I believe that that actually like has helped us a yeah. lot being separate during that time because it forced us mm-hmm. to really lean in on the Holy Spirit and say, you know, my crutch isn't here. What do you want to give? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he leans over and says, you know, do whatever you want or give, you know, it, it forced us mm-hmm. to actually tap into the Holy Spirit yeah. and be like, what do you want us to give together in unity? Let him know. Let me know. Absolutely. And like you said, lots of, I mean, and still to this day, because mm-hmm. you, you sometimes you travel without us that, you know, we'll say an amount or we'll say, all right, you say it, I'll say it. And we, <laughs> like we like to, <laughs> to see <laughs> if it matches. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's amazing. It is amazing. So I want to encourage you guys to sow a seed by faith. Sow something that's going to activate your faith and, pro- and literally propel you into what God has planned for your life. I thank God that we're walking in the overflow, but that only comes through sowing and reaping. It only comes through sowing and reaping. Shanda said, my husband and I have been more united in giving. It's it's exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. To know you're on the same page and doing what God's asking you to do. And it brings the blessing of God into your life. Yeah. So and if you'd like to give by uh, those of you on Periscope or Facebook, you can always use hashtag donate. Many people are using miracleword.com. You can sow a seed there or... If you want to partner with us uh, each month, you can click on the partner tab and sow a monthly seed uh, right there on the website, miracleword.com. And for every person that's sowing this month, we're going to be sending you the album, Why Are Christians Sick and Suffering? And How You Can Be Free, four plus hours of teaching on why are Christians sick? How can they be free from sickness and disease? And I know it'll be a blessing to you. If you'd like to use Cash App, by the way, Notice, Danielle, I didn't say the Cash App. If you'd like to use Cash App, by the way, uh, our brand new cash tag uh, for Cash App is MWGIVE. MWGIVE. And uh, PayPal is available as well. However you'd like to sow, we appreciate you. 
We love you guys. Yeah, I and, see many um, of our partners watching today. Yeah. So thank you for standing with us. And like you said, if you want to partner with us and you go to the website, click on Mighty Men and Mighty Women and yeah. see all that we're doing and what you can be a part of. And Absolutely. Even though you can't travel with us to other nations or he's getting ready to go on TV, and but you're a part of Miracle Word Kids and getting this message out to all ages and Absolutely. a part of what we're doing and feeding kids daily. We have, um, we're hooked up with uh, Brother Summerall's uh, uh, feeding the children, uh, feed the hungry, feed the hungry that they're doing. And so that's something that we do and that you can be a part of by, uh, helping us out here at Miracle Word. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love you guys very much. Uh, I wanted to remind you of this because I just saw this, um, coming up next Wednesday, uh, a week from today, really today's Wednesday, uh, next week on Wednesday, the 27th of November, yeah. we're having our breakthrough prayer vision uh, broadcast at 10:30 a.m. the day before Thanksgiving, and what we're doing is this. And many of you have already sent it in. Yeah, I've been reading a lot. We're asking you to email us what you believe God is asking you to do for this new year. Your vision, your goal, your purpose of what you're going to accomplish for the Lord in 2020, whether it be for your family, your ministry, your business, career, whatever, and email it to us. We're going to print it out. Carolyn and I are going to pray and believe God with you. And you know what we're asking the Lord? We're asking God to accomplish that purpose in your life in the first six months of the year and blow everyone's mind with how quickly he comes through in our life with miracles, signs, and wonders. So what we want you to do is to write that out uh, as a vision for 2020. That's what the Bible tells. Uh, make the vision plain and write it upon tablets. And then email it to info at miracleword.com. And Same for Labanita, the, the question, if you're asking how to give through PayPal, you can actually use the email address info at miracleword.com. Info at miracleword.com. And that is the PayPal email that we can uh, that you can sow a seed with. We love you guys very much. Thanks for hanging out. My beautiful wife. Kiss my hand. I am. I love you. I love you. And we love you guys and appreciate you. And um, we'll see you again very soon. Tonight, we're back at Calvary Temple again, 7 o'clock tonight, Thursday and Friday. And then uh, we'll be back again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. My father's going to be joining me. It's going to be great. We love you guys. Have a powerful day. We'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.